Andrew? Uh, what's your favorite flavor of the Element Electrolytes? Which Dude, one? I am 100% all team, all orange salt. Team Naranja. <laughs> very good. Yes. yes. I speak Espanol. Yeah. What about you, man? Uh, raspberry, dude. I love the raspberry flavor of these packets. Whenever I message them, it's like, send me more raspberry. Yeah. But the cool thing is, you guys see I have eight electrolytes in my hand. Eight. Element is doing an awesome little giveaway. Not a giveaway, but they are literally giving you a sample pack of electrolytes, and all you need to pay is... $5 shipping. It's that easy. Pay $5 for shipping and you can try all of the different flavors of Element. They have their citrus, their orange, their spicy flavors, uh, <laughs> which are just really all pretty cool. Oh, dude, before I forget, I know we're doing something right now, but if you put uh, the lemon habanero on an orange. Oh, God. Dude, it is so good. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, God. I'm going to try that one. It's so good. But yeah, I'm a fan of that one and just the regular plain, not like unflavored one. Yeah. I use that to salt everything. And their chocolate's really good in coffee. Oh my God. Cho- Dude, all their flavors are really good. It's kind of hard. Yeah. They it would really be good. really hard to try all of them unless they were giving it away for free right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, guys, seriously. All right. We, we do hype up, you know, uh, uh, Element Electrolytes because we love them so much. But now is your opportunity to experience everything we've been talking about. All you have to do is go to drinklmnt.com slash power project and check out the uh, it's, a, it's a recharge pack and it's a, a sample pack. It's absolutely free. All you have to do is just pay the $5 shipping charge, and it's absolutely yours. That, 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 that's <laughs> I, a no-brainer. I, yeah, I changed the camera right to you on perfect timing. <laughs> but yes, that's all you have to do. DrinkLMNT.com slash Power Project. Claim your free recharge pack. Uh, and all, all you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and get to try every single one of their flavors. Go do that right now. Yeah, yeah we're good. I didn't want to share the, with the world all our dirty little secrets. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're dirty. Dirty. Uh, I gotta ask you about that later, though. That's interesting. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, we won't share it on the air because we don't want anything interesting to pop up on the show. <laughs> God forbid there's any like real dirt on this show, real content. Uh, no, I was just saying before we started, I was just saying uh, that was I've, a close one. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, we dodged another bullet. All right, let's talk about something boring. All right, here's how long you need to fast for. <laughs> Don't eat and get lots of sleep. Uh, that's that's the, end the end of the show. Yep. <laughs> Episode 500. <laughs> so close. Mm-hmm. I was about to say before Andrew hit the bleep button. Um I've had some experience with painkillers before where they've, uh, like, I felt like they heightened my alertness and senses, uh, which some other people have, have mentioned that before, where you get, like, an Adderall-like effect. Normally, they make you kind of sleepy. Normally, mm-hmm. they make you kind of tired, but I was like, whoop, I can't take these because I really like this feeling. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. I'm, like, writing and journaling and working and doing all kinds of stuff. I'm like, probably not a good idea. Painkillers did that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't ever know that that could be a side effect. They did that and they gave me nightmares, like really bad nightmares, like scary shit, like where I woke up like crying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, I, was, I, was like, I was too fucked up from that. I don't think that's good. Well, good thing you're not taking those anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My or am I? What? I don't know. <laughs> my don't only know. one experience with Adderall was unfortunately not. I didn't notice a damn thing. So I don't know if maybe I didn't take enough. You really didn't? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I just I was like, oh, that happened. Sick. And I did take Mind Bullet and that I felt 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. feels way better. <laughs> Mind bullet. Yeah. If you guys are wondering how we got on this topic, I was mentioning to these guys how I took a potion and like the Mind Bullet potion. And seriously, whenever I take like Mind Bullet and I roll. And you killed four people at the same time? At the same <laughs> time. No, like, like, you know, we had Steven Cutler on. He was talking about flow. And mm-hmm. like, I, jujitsu is one of the main things that I know when I can get into that. Like, right. just things get super creative. Things are super quick. It's not just reactionary, but I'm just like, I'm doing new shit that I've never drilled before or never done that before. That word even makes a lot of sense with jujitsu. Um, I haven't done much jujitsu, but the tiny bit that I have done, it makes sense. Like, this guy goes to put me into this, and I counteract, and I go this way. Mm-hmm. And then that guy knows your counteraction, and so therefore he goes for that. But you also know it's exposed, so then you go to that. And if you're both really good, it'll it'll kind of look magical kind of look like you're dancing or something people will like kind of watch it and go yeah what the hell are these guys doing because when these other guys are doing it, it doesn't look the same yeah the other yeah. guys just keep tapping out and choking each other out and stuff mm-hmm. that's what like that's why mind bullets freaking dope it yeah I like what's it. really cool is like in the ufc uh joe rogan and the people of the ufc have educated people so well that People don't know exactly what's going on. They don't exactly, they don't obviously know jujitsu, but they know enough about grappling to applaud when you see a series of moves being, or uh, people are trying to do execute these moves on somebody Mm -hmm. and they keep like blocking them or counteracting them. And you're just like, wow. And they roll and they sort of does look like a flow. It looks like they're flowing into something different. Yeah. And when I was doing uh, pro wrestling, there was a flow to that too, because you would just, there were certain holds and certain moves that you would do, and there was like body language. I mean, we communicated. It's not no secret wrestling. You know, you you talk to your opponent in the ring, and uh, but it wasn't always talking. It was always, a lot of times it was just body language. You kind of mm-hmm. knew what the person was going to do uh, by the way they would deliberately do certain things. They might put their hand out or something like that, and then you know like grab their arm and, and put their arm behind their back or something. You got to try to do it without it looking like ridiculous, but um, it had a, had a certain uh, flow to it mm-hmm. in your day to day though. It's, it's interesting. It's, um, sometimes you, like for me, sometimes I'm going for a walk and I'll feel like I get hit with something and I don't know what it is. Sometimes, sometimes mind bullet is part of it. Sometimes a cup of coffee is part of it. Sometimes it's music. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like, and you know, what, what, um, our guest was talking about, he was kind of more referring to, he was believing that that was more of maybe like mini flow, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what he's able to kind of work people into. So it'd, it'd be interesting. I, I don't know. Maybe I've never even been in a flow state before. I don't know. No, you probably have. You definitely have, but it's, uh, it's really cool when like, it's really cool when you. I guess when you're in like the zone that people call it and you're just like doing stuff. It's dope. Yeah. It feels good to, uh, to have a invention or innovation around something. You start having an idea, mm-hmm. whether it be for a podcast or whether it be for a painting or whatever it is that you're doing. And then you start to think about it more. And when you think about it more, the idea kind of grows on itself. And then sometimes you think about it later and you're like, that really wasn't that good of an idea <laughs> or you share it with somebody else. And then you kind of realize it's just uh, maybe not even feasible to make this thing work that you just mm-hmm. thought of. Uh, maybe there's economical reasons. Maybe there's technological reasons on why it can't happen. Um, but sometimes you nail it and you're like, okay, cool. I get to run with this. This is kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, you could probably say in terms of you yourself, 
that's probably happened a lot to you because you always have a bunch of different ideas mm-hmm. because you're always like, you're always putting yourself in states to come up with things and to come up with ideas. But that would probably be a form of it because right. you guys have made so many things here that it's kind of undeniable that that's probably been a part of right. how you guys or how you operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say even like, I mean, <clears throat> watching you work out and stuff, getting yourself ready for a big lift. Yeah. I mean, there's times where we're trying to hype you up, you know, but like, we're all kind of wondering, like, is he even hear us? Like, I'm, right. pre- I'm pretty sure you do at times and other times you definitely don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And what Stephen Kotler was talking about, like that, like f- triggering that fight or flight response can trigger flow and right. can like boost your testosterone and get you ready for whatever the hell you're about to face. So I would say we've probably have been there many times when it comes to lifting. Yeah. I wonder, um, I guess we didn't ask this, but like, if you're on a football team or you're on a team of some sort and you are all encouraging each other, kind of what that does, because mm-hmm. that does feel amazing. Yeah. You know, you, you feel like indestructible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of wonder what, what that, what state that is, or if that's something different. You know? Yeah. It's like it's adrenaline. Reminds, yeah. Like it reminds me like when I used to watch soccer, there's this team that Messi used to be. Oh, I think Messi is still on it, but Barcelona, mm-hmm. sometimes when you'd watch that team play together and when they were just doing like playing beautiful soccer, it's like, it was insane how mm-hmm. everything just looked. It looked unreal. Like that type of stuff, you can tell it's just, it, it's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We call that like chemistry, right? Like yeah. oh, that team has good chemistry, mm-hmm. but yeah, it could be even deeper than that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Or like the triangle offense that was, you know, Lakers, Bulls, mm-hmm. Phil Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Shit's unstoppable. They just couldn't stop it. You knew what was coming. You still couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Can only hope to contain him. <laughs> When Shaq was just killing everybody. Shaq is a salty dude, man. Have you heard him, like, honestly, like, no. real talk, have you heard him um, just talk about or roast other players because of their lack of rings? Like the way really? he roasts Dwight Howard. Oh. Because Dwight Howard had the new name of Superman. Like, Shaq always. That's right. Superman haunts. emblem. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because he doesn't have a ring, Shaq always just decimates and roasts the hell out of Dwight Howard. It's a really sad <laughs> thing to see. It's like, why? You're you're one of the greats. Why are you going after Dwight like that? That is funny. Us, man, Dwight Howard should have been way better than he ended up being, though. He's yeah. pretty damn jacked. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was. But, man, once he left the Magic, it was like, yo, what happened to him? Yeah, people have theories. There's some, yeah, it's whatever, but. Shaq was amazing. He was. And he made, he made things look easy, and he, like, mm-hmm. Made it look like he was just having fun a lot of times. And he still killed everybody. Dude, he made me mad. <laughs> uh, as a Kings fan, yeah, he pissed me off. And he ended up like owning part of the Kings, too. That's what's really weird. But he would just like knock people with his gigantic ass, and, like just literally clear out the entire floor and then just dunk it. The, the reason why Shaq made me mad is like he was so good. But you could tell as he got older, he starts to just kind of gain weight and like lose his mobility, but he didn't really care. Right. So he was just like bombing on people when like, I'm like, dude, you lifted some damn weights. You'd be there's this big, just diesel fit. Just he would have won way more championships on his own if he didn't just let himself go. There's just no question. He would have been just, I mean, he kind of was unstoppable anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have been more unstoppable. (laughs) It would have been a lot worse. How crazy is that? Oh. Yeah. He has a couple of dope songs too. He has one with uh, RZA. Yeah. It's so dope called No Hooks. I haven't, I've never heard it. Dude, it is, it'll blow He's your got mind. He's a, a whole rap album. Yeah. No, he has a couple. Yeah. And a video game that was terrible. Mm. Shaq Fu. 
I remember that a couple of uh, a couple of movies. Shazam, right? Yeah, Shazam was good. Now he owns all kinds of shit. Yeah, he's got all kinds he's, of dope. He's crushing it still. I know. I he's he also, on all those commercials now. Mm-hmm. Did he do something Talking about arthritis? <laughs> Icy hot. Yeah. Icy hot. That's what it is. Oh man, he's killing it. All right, we're going to talk today a little bit about reframing. We've been kind of poking back and forth with some text messages earlier today, and. Um, how you got the ability to to choose um, how you interpret stuff. And uh, I was listening to something the other day, and the guy was talking about reprogramming your brain. And then he also kind of said, it's not really reprogramming necessarily. It's probably programming for the first time, because you may not have ever really thought about some of these things. You might not have ever thought about why you thought a certain thing. You just might think a certain thing. You might have been, might have been kind of born into it. You might have been born into some of these beliefs. And uh, I think most of us at some point have kind of thought about what our parents taught us sometimes. And we're like, huh, I don't really agree with that. That actually seems really opposite of the way I feel. Yeah. Uh, or grandparents or, or whoever, whoever it is that's in your family. And you're kind of like, why did I learn that? <laughs> <laughs> that's strange. Like you start to think for yourself. But there's probably a lot of areas that you maybe have never really focused on or, or thought of before. Um, Something that I feel that is like refreshing is that we, we, the words that we use, I think we use them so often that they're damaging and they kind of uh, pigeonhole you into a certain, they kind of paint you into a corner because uh, we say made me feel or this makes me feel somebody made me feel this way. Mm. And no one can really, unless, unless there's like physical harm going on and you harm the person every single time. Uh, that they, you know, do whatever it is that you don't want them to do or something. Uh, so other, other than like torture or like abuse, um, no one can really, ma- really make you feel anything. It can make you feel pain in your shoulder if they punch you or something. But again, yeah. without, without contact, it can't really make you feel any which way. And if you were to, if you were to go up to a girl and, you know, try to hit on them and, and, and try to get a date or something. I mean, you could walk away and be demoralized or you can just think, well, you know what? That's perfect. Cause now I know that she, she's not into me mm-hmm. and I can, you know, there's a couple other cute girls over there. <laughs> I'll ask them tomorrow or whatever. When I, when I feel a little bit better about myself. So, I mean, you can look at it in some different ways. There's got kind of a, a silver lining to, to everything. Right. And I think sometimes we don't realize how powerful that can be because the input that you have doesn't have to be, um, doesn't have to predetermine the outcome. You get to determine some of the outcome. You get to decide how you want to react to it or how you want to at least think about your thoughts. We don't always have control of like what pops into our head Mm because random shit pops in there. And there's a lot of outside influences. You might just hear something on the radio you might hear somebody say something in passing. So there's a lot of stuff coming our way. Uh, but the way that we interpret it is up to us. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying there. One thing that when you were, you were talking that I, was, that I kind of focused on is, is the idea that no one can make you feel anything. Right? Um, and I agree with that to an extent. Like, I think that, or maybe it just could be, that I need to develop more potentially 
But when someone really close to you, and I, we've, we've spoken about this before, but when someone really close to you says something or, and, and they're close to you in a way that you are vulnerable to that person. And that person's also vulnerable with you. And if they say certain things, it's like, yes, you can control if you like, you feel hurt technically. Right. But at the end of the day, that if it's like a potentially really mean thing or it's a really harsh thing or whatever, because they're so close to you, right. Then that has more of a possibility of really hitting to the core, right? Oh, like yeah. if my mama said something to me, that was just like oh, yeah. really, just really just like, ah. And a lot of times in those cases, they don't even know that they said something. Mm -hmm. They yeah. said something and it, you know, I never thought you'd be capable of this because you were always into sports or something. And you're kind of like, well, what does she think I'm dumb? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and she didn't say anything about you being dumb. She's yeah. actually just surprised. Maybe she meant something totally different by it, right? Yeah, she's complimenting yeah. you, but just, she's trying to compliment you, but yeah. she's got her own way maybe. Yeah. And then in regards to what Mark was talking about, which I think maybe might kind of circle back and clarify for what you're talking about is like, you know, like the, like the chick not being into you scenario, like that's not good nor bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just right. how you interpret it. Mm -hmm. That's very true. You know? So like if, yeah, until you put the, your label on it. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if you take that as she's not into me because I don't know, I'm, I'm ugly or whatever it may be, then like, okay, you just made it bad. But yeah. her actually not being into you is not good nor bad. Mm -hmm. It's just, again, how you interpret it. I think the, the thing is, is that you have to just, <laughs> it's, it's difficult, but you have to be in a constant, um, you have to be constantly, I guess this is our topic, but constantly reframing things that mm -hmm. you hear because that, that, that girl situation, right? Um, if you're not on your guard necessarily, I don't know if I want to call it on your guard, but if you're not on your guard, that could potentially make you feel bad but immediately you have to be like oh there's so many other chicks out there i learned this from this one let me go let me go figure something out with another one yeah right or your, your parents says something to you and you're like uh let me uh try to understand what they're saying they're like maybe there's some truth to that so let me try and get better somehow right you have to constantly be doing that and that in and of itself is something that takes a lot of damn practice yeah it's it's very difficult to do and then i think another part of this like there's multiple pieces to this puzzle because um, if somebody that you love says something, uh, we have determined in our head a value assignment to that person. Mm -hmm. That person has a particular value to us. And what I would also maybe question too is like if somebody, obviously like if it's like your mom or something that you can do about it, but <laughs> if it's, I mean, I guess you can communicate, but um, if it's like a spouse or somebody like that, and I think you, it's time to communicate. It's time to open up and try to communicate because you do place that person, they're a high value to you and it's easier to get hurt by what they say. Where for the most part, like what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't see that. That doesn't happen as much. What happens more often is we get taken away by like... <laughs> The wind will blow the wrong way and we get thrown off our course. We get thrown off the direction that we want to go. Mm -hmm. We're working towards something and then something derails us, something distracts us that doesn't have a high value assignment, but we assigned it something. We gave it power because we let it make us mad. Like watching the news, like the news doesn't have really, the news doesn't really have much. It just doesn't seem like it has hardly any benefit at all. I mean, I, I guess we can, figure out some benefit we could probably come up with five or ten reasons on why you might want to watch the news but 
We can probably come up with thousands of reasons why you shouldn't yep. <laughs> or why it'd be a good idea to miss a lot of it and maybe just catch up with it once a week or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could probably come up with some cleaner ways to get that information because as you said, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to always filter it out. It's like your filter starts to get full of gunk. Mm-hmm. It gets full of stuff and you're just like, man, I can't keep filtering this shit out. And sometimes you just get worn down. Like you're and that's, and that's an interpretation too, right? Like you, how, like, are you actually really worn down? Are you like, why are you worn down? Did you not sleep? Are you overly stressed? But if you're overly stressed, a lot of that would come down to interpreting stuff, but we're not robots. And the more stuff that comes our way, a lot of times, the harder it gets to make decisions and we start to crumble. We start to, uh, make poor decisions and you make a poor decision, especially with something like your food. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing it again. You know, I'm, I'm hurting myself again. I, I wanted, I had this goal. I wanted to lose 30 pounds and here I am again being the same fat bastard I was yesterday, making the same shitty decision or drinking or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, just cause he, we did have him on the show, but again, talking about, uh, Stephen Kotler, he talked about, um, cognitive load. So, you know, like what you just said, all these things are coming in and our filters getting a little gunked up. You know, it's like imagining, imagine you have uh, like, you know, 40 tabs open on your internet browser <sighs> and you're trying to get anything done. It's like, yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. You know, like your, your defense is down already and then you're trying to do something serious, but you're already tired because like, shit, let me just get rid of all these windows. It's like, shit, you got to click 39 times before you get to the one you need that's going to have a toll on you and it's going to really break you down. Yeah. It's again, it's like putting the, you have the 40 tabs open, but they're not really that important. And it kind of goes into the value assignment thing that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. You have all the, 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 you have your value assignments all on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. Just fucking close all the tabs. And you, you, you can't really care about all the things that are going on there and focus on one thing. But also I was, I was wondering or thinking about this when you mentioned that, um, I think one big thing is that we put, too much value on certain things and certain opinions. Like I think that most of us tend to spread that across a lot of different people and a lot of different inputs. And we just give things so much more importance than they actually have. Um, What's an example? Like there's, there's something that you want to do, but you're, you're scared of doing it because something might happen. Mm-hmm. Something bad might happen, but you're putting too much value on that thing that might happen. That's, mm-hmm. that's negative that it really isn't a big deal. And that's affecting you taking action. Right. So it's like, we really need to be careful what we give value to in, in essence, you uh, give it power. You have anxiety over it. Anxiety is things that haven't happened and you have anxiety over hurting your back during sets of deadlifts and today's the deadlift day. And, you know, you kind of put that in the universe a little bit. Um, and now it's sort of out there. It's in your brain. It's sitting there in your body. You go to deadlift and sure enough, a little bit of a tweak goes on and you're like, I knew it. God damn it. <laughs> right? um, a lot of things are like that. I think we, you know, we're always trying to, well, you want to try your best. You want to do your best to uh, set yourself up for success. Oftentimes we set ourselves up for failure because we're behind a little bit because we tried to rush something. We don't feel like we had enough time for it. Uh, It's really easy to, there's so much negative and there's so many 
And even that's an interpretation because there could be an equal amount of good, right? Yep. It's just the label that we stick to it. But I think you get my point. It, it seems to be, and this is my interpretation, it seems to be, it seems to be easier to be negative than it is to be positive. It's easier to think about how fucked you are on each day. Uh, something as simple as going to the grocery store. You probably know that you uh, had an opportunity to go to the grocery store a few days earlier, maybe on the weekend when you had a little bit more time. Now you're running over there after lifting and after a long day and you're starving. And then you check in with, with your wife or girlfriend and, you know, they're, they're not sure what they want to eat and you're trying to pick up some food and then you're trying to pick up food for the week. And it just, and then you go to the grocery store and the grocery store is a nightmare because everybody else there is everybody else. Everybody else is there for the same reason that you're there. It's because they didn't do what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it. And so now they're lumped in with you. And now all the lines are packed. All yeah. the lines are full. And you say, motherfucker, can't they get more people to work here? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? There's like five lines. There's like 20 people in each line. This is taking forever. You're getting super frustrated. And you're like, this fat bastard in front of me doesn't need to buy this candy. Like, come on now. Let's, 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 let's move. Let's move all this along here. Right. Do you notice that when you do get in that mode, you get so much more judgy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're judging like Thanksgiving lines. Yeah. yeah you're, oh, man. Hey, you're talking it's shit about everybody in there. Because I'll leave, you know, the store being like, dude, I'm such a dick. Like, why am I so mean? You're like, I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying nutritious food. These guys are, you know, and you don't know anybody else's story in there. No. You know, they, the, the likelihood they have it worse than you is probably pretty high, you know, and mm -hmm. you shouldn't even bother to really get caught up in a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I think we put a lot of undue stress on ourselves and we make things a lot harder and then it gets to be more difficult to even look at something with a positive attitude because you set yourself so far back. You set yourself so far behind that now you're screwed. When, it, when I try to think about some of these things, <clears throat> I try to think about a couple of things that are, that are fairly simple to do and fairly simple to practice. And one of those things is walking. Another one of those things would be eating nutrient dense foods or just foods that are that you <clears throat> that you feel are fairly healthy for you. Mm -hmm. So if you are feeling like crap and you're having a hard time with interpretation, you're having a tough time reframing stuff. You feel like you're a pretty negative person. Having poor nutrition is not going to help you get out of that slump. It's probably going to make you worse. It's probably going to make it so that you don't want to take that first step to get a gym membership or take that first step to go do something. You're just, you just tend to, at least from my own experience, you tend to look at everything a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, when you do get ahead, then you'll, you'll find yourself enjoying, uh, you'll find yourself enjoying a lot more things, a lot more often and stopping and kind of quote unquote, smelling the roses because you have time to think about it a little bit. You go on a walk and you're like, oh, it's a beautiful day out. Wow, this is really nice. You smile at a couple of people. They smile back, hold the door for somebody like, and you get this little, these little chunks of momentum going and every, and not everything, but a lot of things feel positive. You're interpreting a lot of things as being positive for that day, as opposed to the reverse of it and living your life kind of being behind a lot. No, I think that's, that's huge right there. Like starting your day with, 
something, again, something positive or starting your day doing something that's actually going to push you in the right direction is going to help set up a lot of other things. Whereas, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you hit your snooze button and then you eat some crap in the morning that you know you probably shouldn't have, you're already starting on a bad, well, yeah, on a bad foot. And some for sometimes, if you're trying to build momentum, it's hard to regain it. You kind of just let things continue spiraling. You make one bad decision, then you make another decision that's not too great. And then sooner or later, it's 9 p.m. The day got away from you and you have three slices of pizza in your mouth. Like that's <laughs> at, once. <laughs> at once, at once. That is sometimes what happens. So I think, yeah, one big thing is figuring out. I think this is why probably people are always talking about what's your morning routine? Yep. <laughs> because it's it's not that it's just like a fad and people are just trying to do the, the best things. It's just people are trying to set the day up to be successful. So you have this positive momentum getting you going for the rest of your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know we're trying to like say that nothing is good or bad, but you know, yeah. When you start the day off with a, you know, whatever, a donut or something, it's not optimal, right? Yeah. Most people, yeah. It's it's just, it's not. (laughs) Unless you're planning on going to, you know, have like a big bench session where you have these bench bagels, right? Then you have an, not excuse, but like you have a purpose for it. Mm -hmm. Other than that. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be beneficial for anybody. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there are things um, that I think are there's certain things that I think I would say are universally bad, um, it, and I would say that um, messing around with anybody else's property, which I would consider to be their themselves and kind of whatever else they have worked for, I got a problem with that. You know, like I I think that I personally think that that's bad. Um, I don't, I can't picture any good in it. I can't picture you messing with my kids and me thinking that it's good. I can't, there's just nothing, there's nothing that would change that for me, you know? And, uh, I don't think there's, I don't think that necessarily for something to, uh, for something to be one way or the other, uh, that you have to find a silver lining in it. But I would say that there's just certain things like, I don't see how rape is good. Yeah. I don't see how, right. um, you know, I can, I know why war happens. Um, and I guess there's like economies and things like that. Things seem to get better sometimes after a war, but I don't really think war is good either. You know, I don't, I don't think people fighting and shooting and killing each other is, I can't really, I guess I can't really put it into the right words and express it the right way. But I personally don't think that that's good. I feel it. So uh, I've heard <laughs> listening to Jocko Willink on his Jocko cast. Sometimes you sometimes hear some of these guys be like, Hey, we're there killing evil. Like that's right. what, that, that's what that, you know, they would, they would look at war and say war is not ideal, but the silver lining there is we are getting rid of people that do evil in this world. Right. Even though there are a lot of times other, uh, I guess other interests mm-hmm. within war, like yeah. some people would find that right. in there. Well, and, and, uh, it would be morals, right? Like, uh, yeah. It's now my morals versus their morals. And mm-hmm. uh, that gets to be really weird because, again, you get to be born into some of those things uh, just because you're born into a certain religion or, and I'm born into a certain religion. Do we have to like do we have to fight? Do we have to kill each other? Do we have to be mad at each other? I mean, there's certain countries that have been war at war with each other for a long time. It's just always been that way. Yeah. Um, take it down a much lesser degree. And take it out to like sports rivalries or something like that. And this team hates that team, you know, and they just they're and that's kind of taught in high school. Like you yeah. you hate that other. T- we hate this rival school. 
we're going to kick their ass and there's fights at the games and like, and it's like this 16 year old kid is the same as you, you know, he probably has so much in common with you mm-hmm. just as a lot of your 16 year old friends that are at the current school that you're at than the uh, opposing high school. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some like disordered thinking going on just because that person's wearing red and you're wearing blue or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Who's the guest that we had on that? Um, he, uh, he like helped a bunch of KKK members disrobe. Mm. What was his name? Um, oh man. It makes me so mad. That I don't remember this, <laughs> but one of us will I'll at some point. Right and the, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm remembering that is because as you were just talking about, like we're all born of these different morals, like he was talking about, we had them on twice. Yeah. <laughs> individuals that were like born into like their, their families were racist. They were born thinking certain groups were, you know, lower than others. And it's like, he, like he helped change that individual's mm-hmm. morals because of what he was able to show them. Right. right? So it's, it's like, we all have these different sets and it, it, it doesn't necessarily, I guess you're, you're not stuck with that. Even if that's your background and that's what you're born with, or that's what your parents were thinking. Like you were mentioning, like sometimes you think, Oh, my parents taught me that. Is that right? Or is that wrong? That doesn't mean that you're stuck like that. Just like, you know, if you have this negative mindset, because, and, and we've talked about this too on the show before, like a lot of times kids are, 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 kids are, they grow up having a negative mindset because of maybe the way their parents talk to them because of the way their parents told them they couldn't do something or this wasn't the right way for them to go about things. They weren't given positivity, mm. right? Sometimes as an adult, you think that it's too late for me. I can't necessarily change this. This is how I am, mm. but you actually can. It just it's just going to take a lot of effort. It's just going to take a lot of reframing and it's going to take a lot of reprogramming as we were talking about before. Daryl Davis, Daryl Davis, there episode go, 387 and episode 397. Yeah. 10, 10 away. Damn. We had them on quick. Yeah. If someone can like, if someone can grow up and, and change their idea on like believing black people are inferior, even though that's what they grow up. And I, I'm, I absolutely believe that people can change their mindset, right? And their their ability to reframe things that happen in their lives and and their future. Mm-hmm. I think in previous shows, I think I may have talked a while back about uh, this idea of like equanimity, like having some having some balance, having a balanced mind. Mm-hmm. Where again, you're not going to be able to always do this. Like, and this doesn't mean you're emotionless. This doesn't mean that you uh, turn into a robot. But the thing to think about is when you when you think that a mountain is too tall for you to climb and you think that you do not possess the ability, I can't do that. I can't I can't be the person that loses 50 pounds. I can't be the person that uh, has the discipline to work out often. I can't be the person that ends up making one hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever the thing is that you're you're shooting for. The question to ask yourself is. Can you be better than you currently are? Do you possess the ability to, or are are you happy with the results that you're currently getting? Um, a lot of people play like a victim mentality. You know, that, that, that grocery store thing is real. Like we've all kind of been there and we've been hangry and we've been frustrated. Um, and then we end up there like two weeks later again, you know, because we like didn't learn from it or something, you know, mm-hmm. or just, human fallibility comes in like we're not perfect it's shit happens and things uh 
things tend to pop up that are maybe unexpected or we waste time somewhere where we shouldn't have. We get distracted very often. It's something to think about is when you have, when you have these feelings, when you feel bad about something, when you feel bad about your diet and feel bad about not being able to stay disciplined to something, the question is, are you okay with feeling like that? Because if you're not, then you need to work on reframing. You need to work on what we're talking about. And it's very, it's very difficult, but it's as simple as making a choice. It's as simple as just, just deciding. Now you might have to do a bunch of things that, uh, that put you in a better position so you feel good enough to do any of this in the first place. Um, you may have to distance yourself from social media for a while because maybe social media is bogging you down. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's making you at the, maybe at the moment, maybe it's quote unquote, making you not feel so great about yourself. You're having shitty posts or whatever your interpretation of whatever's going on there. But if you can't organize it, well, fucking get rid of it, at least for a minute. You don't have to get rid of it forever, but get rid of it until you can come back to it. And I, we're seeing people do this all the time. I'm seeing young people in the gym and people that we work with all the time. They're like, yeah, I got rid of that shit. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. How long you got it rid of it for? And they're like, I don't know yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. but for now I got rid of it. And I think that's great. And I think a lot of people are learning that that's important because they have not been able to gain control over how they think about the different things that they're seeing. And they're recognizing that as being massively problematic. Now, if you did work on reframing and you are like a master of some of this stuff, then it won't probably bother you that much to check out social media here and there and see some negative comments or see comments that are, uh, that you're maybe not interpreting as being positive. Absolutely. I think like that's important. But I, I think one of the big things is, um, not just potentially getting rid of social media, right? But um, individuals in your life that you, you feel that, I guess, they're not aiding in that idea for you or they're not aiding in that that help or reframe. Because you might have people that are close to you that when you're trying to do something or, or when you're trying to move forward somewhere, right? You, you always manage to potentially revert back because of them and you can't necessarily even blame them because at the end of the day it's your choice to partake in terms of what they're doing or give the words that they have like you know that they speak to you power but at the end of the day you might really have to assess that and be like is this benefiting me or or is having this person in my life consistently making me move backwards and regress i think that's one of the hardest things to do because when you have relationships with people most of the time you want to maintain that most of the time you want to try and keep it. Um, but sometimes you have to make the decision to let that go. Yeah. Letting go of stuff is really important. And uh, again, Stephen Codler, he taught us Codler, 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 Codler with the T. Yeah. Codler. He talked about um, letting go and he talked about how it's important at like a certain age to make sure oh, you've yeah, kind yeah. of letting go that you have let go of, uh, I think you said uh, 50 by the age mm-hmm, of 50. Mm-hmm. My dad told me a really cool story today. It's pretty great, you know, getting an opportunity to go on these walks with him every morning. Um, he told me a story about a friend that that, that um, the dad, I guess, left them when they were young. And the mom and the dad got into, like, a pretty good, like, argument. And the dad was just like, you know what, I just... I don't want anything to do with any, any of you anymore. And he, and he, and he took off, you know, <laughs> and he got remarried and stuff and they didn't know where he was. Um, 
uh, he was a, he was a foreigner. And so he didn't have, um, they couldn't like track him down. They couldn't, she couldn't try to get alimony from him or any, you know, she couldn't figure out anything. She's trying just to provide for her kids and things like that. Anyway, fast forward, uh, you know, 40 years or so. Jeez. Now this lady's, you know, 65 or whatever the, the kid, one of the, one of the children. And she feels, you know, kind of scorned by her dad. He never came around. Well, now he, he dies. He passes on. Never had an opportunity to like talk to him or anything. He did pretty well. He made, he made some money and he, you know, had a home and stuff like that. And so she gets caught up in this idea of like, well, you know, I never grew up with him. You know, and I, he never really, he provided for us for a little while, but you know, I never was really able to get anything from him. Now she's all excited about potentially getting some of this money from this house. Uh-oh. And so she asked my dad about it. And my, and when she goes to him and asks my dad, my dad's like, I got to be honest with you. I would just forget about that money. She's like, what? This could provide, you know, some really good money for us. She's like, he didn't, he didn't care about you guys. Why would you want money from someone that doesn't care about you? He didn't want to give it to you while he was here. And I'm sure he probably doesn't want you to even have it now. You know, my dad was just being like, straight up with her and she's like i think we should you know go. anyway my whole point is she spent a couple of years of her life you know fighting for this money and i don't think she ever got it she was never able to she wasted a lot of time a lot of energy mm-hmm. it's money that wasn't even hers i guess you we can argue over whether we think that she's uh entitled to any of it i i don't know that's hard really difficult to determine but a court is not going to determine that somebody else's money is yours unless Unless there's some sort of contract or something like that, or unless I don't know what they would have to prove to, to do that. There's probably uh maternal stuff that they could figure out. But anyway, I just, I thought that was really interesting. Cause it's like, man, you should have just let that go. Like, yeah. and I, I understand, like, I understand that people are hurting for money. I understand that people think money is going to really move the needle for them. Um, but I, you know, it's easy for me to say in the position I'm in, but even if I was in my old position where I didn't have any money, I, I would just be like, Oh man, it sucks that he died. You know, I, I, it would have been cool to talk to him and figure out why the fuck he left or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and that would, that would probably be that, but I don't think I would be, uh, you know, kind of waiting around for like a handout or whatever. Yeah. And with, with that, when you were talking about that and equanimity, what was like, was the, uh, the essence that like if she was i guess if she didn't put that much value on that she could have figured out something else or she mm-hmm. got caught on and done the other things that she needed to do um was that right the... right she could have also just not had any stress over it she could yeah. have said i don't really know anything about this if, if there's any sort of uh if there's any sort of legal action uh that we can take to actually uh like like if we're actually um if 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 we, if we're actually like entitled to mm-hmm. that money, then let's just let a lawyer figure it out, and I'm just going to sit back and and I'll, I'll see what they think. I'll present the case to them, and uh, but she did present the case to them. And the lawyer's like, yeah, it's going to be like rough, and it's going to be. So she spent time and money, mm-hmm. and was never <laughs> and and stressed out a lot over it, and was really hurt, like had hurt feelings because now that attachment or that disattachment from her dad was now all brought up again. She had to kind of live through it again for the next, the next couple of years. But had she been someone who's able to practice any of these things that we talk about on this show, 
Even some stoicism would have helped where she could have played this through. She knew her dad had cancer. She could have thought to herself, oh, my God, like he's in his 70s or he's in his 80s. He's mm-hmm. he's probably going to die. And then I wonder, you know, she could have called him while he was still alive <clears throat> and said, Dad, you bastard. I think, you know, you know, <laughs> she could have whatever she thought was appropriate. You know, you could have. But I think when it comes to when it comes to stoicism or it comes to practicing some of these things. When it comes to stoicism, if you can play out the fact that anything can happen from anybody, that's it sucks, but those are things that are important. They're important to at least think about because if you did a dress rehearsal for any of it, you would be better prepared for the outcome. It's easier to think about someone who's 70 or 80, the fact that they're going to pass. Mm. But to think about your own kid or it's like, it's like, who the fuck wants to do that? Yeah. But is it possible? I mean, it's possible. Any Anything that's living is going to die at some mm-hmm. point. So nothing's forever. Your pet's not forever. Your kid's not forever. Just there, there's nothing that's forever. And so uh, as much as it sucks to play it out, I think it can be helpful. I have a question for you because I, I see your notebook right there. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why I'm asking you this is because I think that a lot of we have so many things that are flowing within our head when it comes to ideas of things that we want to do, um, anxiety about certain things, uh, stress, uh, just, just there's so many things that we have flowing in our head and that we're thinking about all the time. And even if you just go out walking, it's still up there. You're still thinking it through, but I want to know how often do you like write things out? How often do you, do you do that every day? It's something you do often. And the reason I'm asking you is cause like for me, I have to write things out every single day because like I'm, I'm always forgetting something. Right. So it'll hit me later on and then it'll be like, God, I should remember that five days, days ago. But if I'm able to just get things out during my day or at the beginning of my day, it clears everything out for me as, as, as time goes by. Um, I think that's something that if, if, if more people had that practice, that would help alleviate a lot of stress and anxiety. So how does that, like, how do you operate when it comes to that? I have uh, many notebooks jammed with a lot of stuff and uh, it's kind of all over the place. You know, you'll see some uh, references to like, you know, Jordan Peterson in there. And then in here there's like, there's drawings of uh, like inventions. Like, here we go. It's like, uh, I won't show it, but there's, you can see it, (laughs) but like there's, there's current inventions and things in here. I had to Um, change the camera just in case. Yeah. Yeah, There's current things in here and stuff that I I've had ideas for. And yeah, I I write them down. Um, Actually, I had a situation happen not too long ago where uh, somebody was talking about how they, you know, uh, in collaboration with me created this thing. um, And then they said, um, they're like, Oh yeah, I, I made that from scratch. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, I, I could have drew this up this morning, you know, cause I, you know, there's, there's no, there's a date on it and whatever, but I'm like, there's no verification for the date, but I'm mm-hmm. like, this idea came from me. I communicated that to you. And then, um, it's, uh, anyway, <laughs> so you know, good. it's, it's great to have, it's great to have record of these things. And yeah. like, sometimes when I look back, you know, I'll see like a date on there. I might write something like Super Bowl. Like it's like just because it's like Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, I might even write who's playing in it. I don't really care that much about the game or the outcome of the game or whatever, but I'm just kind of trying to, I'll write Christmas, you know, I'll write, you know, uh, 
Jake is driving or just something like completely random that doesn't really have much to do with the organization of my thoughts. But then when I look back at it, Mm -hmm. it like brings me back to that. So I would recommend to people, it can be a pain in the ass, but try to write down as much stuff as you can. If you can, if you can write down like the time, the date and the time and like where you're Mm -hmm. writing from, You'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that because it might be five years from now. I'm like, I remember that coffee shop. I used to go there all the time, or I remember when I used to write in the corner of my house or wherever, whatever the hell it is you're doing. I think it's it's great to keep a record of, it, and it's great to have um, it's great to have these things that you can go back on and, and look at. Yeah. yeah, and then just in the uh, like the present moment, it, it's huge for when you're feeling overwhelmed because you're just like. I, so much shit to do. I'm never going to get to it. Mm-hmm. But then you, you write it all out and you're like, okay, maybe it's not as much as I thought it was. Yeah. And then you cross one thing off like, all right, then you got some momentum going, mm-hmm. but that's essentially what I do. Like in the mornings is all not every morning. I need to, I, in my opinion, I think I need to, cause it does help me out a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll write out my tasks based on priority. Uh, sometimes I'll do them based on which one I want to do the least, <laughs> which is, you know, supposed to be the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for relieving anxiety and that, 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 that feeling where uh, like, you know, you see the memes where like, I got so much shit to do. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it gets rid of that feeling. Mm-hmm. I like that. You, that's you a good meme. It is a, it is a good meme. <laughs> but no, that, that's a practice that like a lot of, if you guys are listening to this show, just pick that up because it, it like yeah. seeing all, all of that. Um, I mean, personally, like I, I, if I'm feeling a certain way about something or I'm feeling something, I'll write down what that is and I'll, I'll literally write out, okay, why are the reasons why I'm feeling like this or, or what's causing me to do this or what's causing me to feel this way? And that'll actually really help me to kind of just play through why certain things are going on. It's super helpful and it's just, it's one of the easiest things that you could do. It's also cheap. Mm-hmm. All you need is a pen and a cheap notebook. Yeah, it's been really, uh, really helpful to me. And then, you know, I think you can write down your thoughts, but you can also like listen to podcasts or listen to, um, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um, I forget half the stuff that I even listen to, but a lot of it's on markbell.com. If you guys want to check it out, there's Mark Bell university Mm. and it talks about some of the different things, uh, on there that I listen to, but I take notes on it, you know, and I'm listening to shit from like Friedrich Nietzsche and stuff like that, you know? And it's like, it's just these people from the past, have come up with these great philosophies and come up with these great concepts and ideas. Uh, why not entertain them? Why not look at them? You know, sometimes when I'm, when I hear something from somebody, I'm like, how come people don't still talk about this guy? Like all the time, like how come like, it's not, you know, like, okay, I understand like the importance of George Washington and I understand, but like, I don't remember them bringing up some of these people in school. I'm like, there's some great information here. Like these would be, and I guess I get it because some of them are, um, their, their thoughts are pretty wild. Some of the things that they talk about can sometimes be, uh, you know, kind of wild, but it's, it's amazing. It's really empowering when you start to learn, when you hear somebody say that, um, you know, nothing is, is either good nor bad until you put a label on it. You're like, wait, then it, then it just gets you to think. And you can think for yourself on that whether you even believe that because that doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have, you don't have, you don't have to have, share that belief. I believe most of that for the most part. I mean, I did talk about a couple things that I think are bad and it's easier just to label candy as being bad for your diet 
it's easier just to say, I think steak is good. I think chicken is good. I think these sources of protein are, are good, within, yeah. you know, but I think a lot of times in our, in our mind, we have, you know, a side of the brain that, that is kicking over stuff that's bad. And it's like, this is bad and it goes over here and this is good and it goes over here. But I think for most of us, maybe if you haven't practiced some of these things yet, what we would see is probably like <laughs> your body's probably 70% overrun with some bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe all of us, I don't know. Cause it seems like, I don't know about you guys, but it's, I'm trying to talk myself out of stuff all day long. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I <laughs> yeah, oh, and yeah. temptations and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like try, it drives, it drives you, <laughs> it drives you crazy. If y'all didn't see the camera right there, you should be watching us on YouTube, mm-hmm. but you, you know what I'm talking about. If you saw that left hand. <laughs> Oh my God, Jessica Smith peeking in on us. What's up, Jess? Yeah, <laughs> made it all uncomfortable. Now we have I a know, girl now we in have here. To be all straight faced. Four pills, all of it. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. We're telling the truth. Yeah, I only took two capsules. Oh man, damn it, Jess, you messed up our roll. We were we were flowing. Yeah. We were flowing. Yeah, we, we had, had good flow. flow. It was a heavy flow day for us. It was. How about for yourself? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about, you know, being in the zone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. Was she thinking something different? I don't know if she was. I hope she was. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going on over here. Speaking of, I mean, I, I promise I'm not trying to be mean, but we were talking about distractions. Uh, and like that's a good example right i mean hey if it, like we're doing our absolute best to try to get over this right now yeah are we going to talk about women now because they can be very distracting they can be See, we, yeah, you're trying about. to get work done you're trying to you know do what you got to do mm-hmm. to be a successful mm-hmm. man and then a woman just comes in and ruins it all <laughs> <laughs> and then they and then they leave oh my god <laughs> oh god oh my gosh yeah i remember at the old gym at the original super training there was like oh yeah chicks on the other side you know and it was like i had to snap my fingers at our guys all hey hey let's go back and do do some Mm -hmm. squats over here and they're like oh yeah yeah i forgot (laughs) watching a girl do wall balls over there (laughs) like dude you've been warming up for like four hours like let's go ahead yeah Yeah. hop right Hop right into it. Oh, God. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Piedmontese Beef. Uh, And Seema, how good is Piedmontese Beef? Dude, first thing, aren't you tired of like just steak tasting like just absolute crap? Well, the the awesome thing is I haven't had like crappy steak because all I eat is Piedmontese now. Because once you go Piedmontese, you really can't go back. Hey, no, no, that's real talk, though, because the other day I went to a buddy's house and he had some Costco steak, which I used to think was pretty damn good. I'm going through it, cutting through this ribeye, and I'm like, ooh, okay, decent, not comparable. But then I get to like this chunk, and I'm like, oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is what steak used to be like when I used to cook it, when it wasn't from Piedmontese. Because you know when you'd get those nasty like steak chunks in there? It's not It's not yeah, good. Yeah. It's, it gets stuck in your teeth. You usually have to spit it out or leave it on the side. And he's usually pretty good at cooking steaks. But with Piedmontese, first off, the steak is tender. It tastes amazing. You never really, you, you never get a bad steak from them. And... 
it's great on the macros. Yeah, macros are insane. And the, the thing is, like, I would always get so frustrated. I would spend a lot of money on, like, a ribeye. Like, I would go over to Costco, too, and then I'd look down at my plate and be like, dude, I just threw away, like, you know, 10 bucks on all the stuff that I couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. I never, ever get that with Piedmontese, so... You know, when it comes to like, you know, the higher value or higher, uh, just better quality, like it's second to none. And uh, you guys seriously need to check this stuff out. You guys got to head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. Make sure you pick up one of the Power Project bundles. Uh, there's the Deluxe Bundle and then there's the Jacked in 10 Pack. Uh, either one of those, you're not going to be upset. Uh, again, that's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com at checkout. Enter promo code Power Project for 25% off your order. And if your order is $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. I think a hard part about a lot of this stuff is uh, is you know, learning about whether, whether these are like your own thoughts or if these are things that are from your past experiences uh, or whether you're being shifted around by your emotions, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll have an emotion. Like if, if somebody, um, <clears throat> if somebody is to show you like a picture, they show you a picture of like a cheeseburger or something, you'll have a little bit of an emotion to it. Yeah. And if it's a recognizable cheeseburger, like one from like McDonald's or In-N-Out Burger, you know, um, you'll you'll have a different reaction to that. Uh, somebody shows you an axe, you'll have a reaction to that. And they show you an axe with blood on it, you'll have a reaction to that. And so we those those reactions are. I don't know if you can change those too much. Th- those are those are pretty tough um, because I think. I don't even, I mean, that's got to be pretty deeply etched in your brain um, from the time you're like a little kid watching, watching cartoons and whatever the hell else you saw and whatever video games you played and all those different things, they, they factor in there. But I do know that we have the ability to not say some of these thoughts out loud or not turn those thoughts into an action or to think about the thought to where you can start to turn it into something more positive, regardless of what you saw. It's just, it's just very difficult. It's a hard, it's a hard practice because uh, the the human body is like a freaking computer. And, and we take all these experiences that we've had in the past and we try to, we try to condense them down and say, okay, how does that, how does all this stuff from the last, 44 years, how does this apply to right now? Mm-hmm. And I could say, you know what? I've been screwed by this type of person before. It's only going to happen again. But that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense because this is a different person. This is different. These are different circumstances. Um, so it's, it's, it can be really, it can be really hard. And uh, I think some of our best bet is to try to play through as they talk about and stoicism is to try to play through some a little bit of worst case scenario stuff. Um, and then as you're, as you do that, you're also working on reframing stuff. This is stuff that I've worked on quite a bit for myself. I found it to be helpful. I also found that sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's a little weird to like detach yourself from emotions. It's yeah. like, you can go too far that way. You can. And, and then, and then everybody around you thinks that you don't care about anything and that's not good either, especially, especially for your significant other. They're like, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on with you? Like, you happy? I'm like, yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> what you were just saying there remind me, what was, um, 
See, this is like the day that I'm remembering things, but I'm not remembering the name of the guest who said it. Remember the guy who kept the Doritos next to him? Oh, yeah. At all times. Come on. I just literally should. Um, But anyway. uh, Evan. Evan Carmichael. Carmichael. Yeah. It's like he keeps the Doritos next to him all day. The, The closed bag of Doritos that typically you'd open and you'd kill the whole bag. Just as a reminder that he could, you know, he doesn't have to reach for them. He could control himself around them. Right. So it's like one of those things where he's intrinsically building the habit of not having to always reach for the Doritos, you know, whereas like you can consistently build these better habits into your day. You can consistently build these things so that it, you know, you like fasting, you don't always have to reach for food when you feel that hunger come upon you. Right. You, um, it, you just do these things over and over and over again to change yourself mm-hmm. so that, that, that's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. It was funny when he, he was like, yeah, sometimes if uh, like a uh, employee or coworker comes in actually eating Doritos that he'll mm-hmm. like get it and like he'll smell the bag. Yeah. And Mark was like, whoa, like you probably shouldn't do that. You're going to trigger insulin response. He's like, that can happen. I was like, yep, absolutely. He's like, oh, okay, I better stop. Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny to me because his response was like, you know, cause he's like very like, all right, let's go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on this podcast. Let's go. And then mm-hmm. it's like, Oh wait, that actually can happen. Like, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's really positive. But mm-hmm. that's another example. It's like, why not listen to other positive people? Why not, why not explore, uh, what it's like to ditch a lot of negativity? Mm-hmm. I hear people, you know, kind of say, get rid of the negative people around you, and that might be something that you want to explore. But I would say beyond that, just try to because that's a little tougher. And these might just be friends that mm-hmm. you been buddies with for a long time and there's probably not a lot of great reasons to boot them out just because they're a little negative mm-hmm. i don't i don't just because they're cynical i don't think it's yeah i don't think there's any reason to be like hey man you gotta hit the bricks it's good to have friends and if you can you know go through this world and have one or two friends uh you know when you die then i think you've probably gone through a pretty decent life it, it's not easy to have a really good close friend it's important and you mm-hmm. don't want to you know, you don't want to just kick people out because you think that just, you're interpreting them to be uh, negative. But instead of that, I would, you know, try to um, ditch some things that you're viewing as being negative. And, and again, it can be until a time where you can reframe them and you can get better at it. It mm-hmm. could be social media. It could be uh, the news. It could be uh, whatever's in your in your day. I know a lot of people like, you know, from a lifting perspective who and i guess uh you know for me deadlifting has always been pretty difficult i wasn't a great deadlifter i could figure it out enough to win some meets here and there and to put together some good totals um but i know like when it came to deadlifting i that's my stomach i, I think most definitely um I I would have a little bit of a defeated mindset on a deadlift day. Like I wasn't as confident. I wasn't as excited um, because my interpretation was that I struggled at getting better at the deadlift. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they have it, you know, what I thought was true Um, because I'm, because I'm like made it. So I don't know. Like I, I mean, I worked on correcting it. I got to a point where, you know, I was able to do like, uh, 675 pound deadlift, which was my max for a little while, stuck pretty bad there. Then I was able to eventually do that for a triple. And I was able to do seven, a 766 deadlift. Um, 
But in accordance to my strength in other areas and the progress I made in other areas, I just didn't make the same progress on this one lift. As I started to examine and look around the gym and, and see some other successful lifters that we've had, they were always people that didn't, they didn't miss their lifts. They always made their lifts. And not only did they make their lifts, <clears throat> they usually lifted them really well. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes to the point where they did the lift very explosively and through the range of motion that you're supposed to do it through and very cleanly. And you're like, damn. And so over a period of time, I started to kind of learn that the reason why these athletes were so successful is because they had such a positive mindset about some of these lifts. Yeah. When Stan came in and lifted, <clears throat> Stan efforting, when Stan came in and started lifting with us, he, Stan is, Stan is actually a great example of it's neither positive nor negative because mm-hmm. he didn't really view any of it to be that way. He didn't really get real hyped up. He might make some noise. Well, he'd made a lot of noise during, yes. during the lift, but, he didn't really get all hyped beforehand. He didn't get hyped up afterwards, even though he broke all time world records. A lot of it he knew was coming from the work that he put in. So there was really no reason to be overly hyped. There was no reason to uh, be sad, mad, happy, or anywhere on that, on that scale because it, the, what he lifted that day was a, simply a byproduct of things that he has done previously. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about being tough. It wasn't about being macho. It wasn't about being a badass. It wasn't about the music that was on. It wasn't about wasn't about any of that stuff. It just simply had to do with what he programmed himself to do over a period of time. When he went to do the lift, it didn't matter if he had pre-workout. It didn't matter. It, none of that stuff really mattered. Uh, what mattered was, is whether he taught himself how to do the lift the right way. And he would make these lifts and he'd make them pretty effortlessly. There wasn't a lot of like, there wasn't a lot of friction. I think oftentimes in life we're like trying, we're trying stuff. Like we're trying too hard mm-hmm. and they're really, there's really not a trying to it. It's, you have to back up a couple steps and you have to, engage yourself and involve yourself in the doing of the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are like, you got to be in the moment. You got to be present. You got to be in the moment. That's love the process. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're in that, what they're referring to, if you're in that, that'll get you the result you're looking for. Oftentimes yeah. I'll get you the result you're looking for. And imagine doing your training that way all the time. Imagine going in the gym and just seeing like, oh, I got to squat 600 pounds for a triple today. And you go to your max set just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You got two. And instead of throwing a fit or instead of being pissed or instead of yelling at your coach or instead of whatever it is that you might do, going home and shooting up a bunch of steroids or whatever, <laughs> whatever the hell it is that you, you think is going to solve this problem for you. You think about it in a way that is going to be productive towards you getting the extra rep. You know, you can think, well, I, I, I was, I was planning on getting three reps. Mm -hmm. Maybe I miscalculated and maybe that's the strength that I'm at right now. I'm not quite as strong as I thought I was. I'm about a week or two behind. I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do next week to kind of solve this. I'll research and talk to some people about, you know, people that have been in this similar predicament as the meat gets closer when they're kind of testing to see what their opening lift should be. And I'll, 
I'll troubleshoot. I'll try to see like where, like, was there an error made? Did I overtrain? Did I undertrain? Uh, what's my body weight? You weigh yourself and double check and make sure you're not like five pounds lighter for whatever reason. Um, there's all, there's a lot of things that you can do to come up with the right answer and to make sure that you get it done correctly. But being mad about it or being sad about it, um, isn't really going to, isn't really going to necessarily help with production. Although sometimes, well, not sometimes, oftentimes your emotions can help with a decision. So you could be pissed off enough to where you're like, fuck, man, that's unacceptable for me. I need to come back from that. Mm -hmm. But to be any, any madder than that, it's not going to really assist anything. It reminds me like um, what you're talking about there, especially when you were talking about Stan, it's like, like, yeah, there's this idea of like, you're trusting the process or liking the process or, you know, liking the training, but um, with, with anything that you want to do, say that we're talking about the gym, you have this goal of numbers that you want to hit and there is a process to get there. There's a training plan. There's certain steps you actually need to take to be able to get to that specific goal. Whatever it is, you actually have to learn how to enjoy those moments because that's where you're going to be most of the time. Um, when you're trying to diet to lose weight, <laughs> we always talk about like, you have to kind of like the diet you're doing. Well, you have to like that daily process of mm -hmm. eating that specific food. And even if you don't like how the food takes, maybe tastes, maybe you do like the, the, the process of making the right decision. Cause you know that every time you do make the right decision to eat the right food, you feel proud of yourself. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't necessarily enjoy the food the most at the moment, the fact that you're doing that right then and there, you're usually like, Oh, wow. I'm happy that I'm doing this for myself. I'm happy that I'm making this decision. And you feel good about that. Well, you have to learn to like that day after day, month after month, because that's what's going to get you to that end goal. But if you're always trying to envision that end goal, it's like when you do make a misstep here or there, when you do miss a training session, right? Um, or your training session doesn't go the way it needs to go, you start to beat yourself up over mm -hmm. it. And that's not going to help you out at all. Yeah. It's not going to be beneficial. I was actually going to ask you, like, where does like visualizing come into play then? Um, I remember you said when you work with clients that are in meat prep, mm -hmm. that you'll actually have them like download like a certain app that shows like their kilos and the plates and all that, like to yeah. let them know like, Hey, like I need you to visualize lifting, you know, that much weight. Mm -hmm. So where does that or when does that come into play or like, is there room for that with this conversation? I think there's room for that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, like that there's a reason why people always talk about, Oh, visualizing where you want to be and all of that. Um, I think that's, that's always beneficial, but at the end of the day, no, no matter what it comes to, uh, you always have to do that day after day work, that training that, that you're doing to get to that goal. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's just like when I deadlift in here, right before lift, I usually just picture it going well. Mm -hmm. That's what I always do, especially if it's hard lift. I picture that specific lift going well, and then I go and I execute on it. But I think there's always room for that. If you could, if you can get yourself in the practice of doing it, I think it can make a big difference. I mean, there is a, where we've been referencing him a lot, this podcast, mm -hmm. but in that Stephen Kotler episode, there was a book, I think it was the rise of Superman where he was they, they, everyone's heard of this study where there are like three groups who were one group was actually shooting free throws. One group was visualizing shooting free throws and one mm -hmm. group wasn't shooting any free throws at all. The group that was actually practicing and doing the work, obviously they had the, the best results after that, but the group that was visualizing it, even they improved to an extent just by picturing it. And the group that didn't do anything at all, well, they didn't improve at all. 
right? So there is a benefit in not just visualizing the end goal, but visualizing the work and learning to fall in love with the work. I think what you said about, um, you know, feeling good about what you did, being proud of yourself Mm -hmm. is like, just maybe not talked about enough. Like you're really pumped about what you did, you know, and, and the reverse of that is horrible too. When you made a bad decision, um, and you, and, and again, like maybe you should reframe why you're categorizing it as bad. Hmm. Um, for myself, I try when it comes to the, when it comes to the food side of things, I have worked on really not trying to categorize it as being bad and trying to categorize it a little bit more as being part of the process. When I am, uh, in a mode where I'm really working on getting leaner and where I'm focused on that, I do view it as being bad. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I'm going to stay on this path because this is getting me the result that I want. And I already kind of, usually when I make that decision, I I'm already kind of locked into it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like I'm being forced to, it doesn't feel like I'm forcing myself to, and so I'll do that and say, you know, the ice cream that's in the freezer, because my kids are always eating some ice cream. I'm like, that's not part of the plan right now. It's not part of the diet. Uh, at other times where I'm allowing myself some room, I don't view it as like, all right, I'm going to like pig out or I'm going to cheat or I'm not really viewing it as any of that. On the other side of that, I'm also okay with a little fluctuation, you know, so these are all things that you can play through in your head as you're talking about visualizing. Well, if you're going to, if you're going to loosen up your diet, you know, you got to know that your pants are going to fit a little bit tighter. Like things are just going to be a little different for a a short period of time, but it's not forever. Mm -hmm. It's just for a moment. It's just for you. uh, Maybe you want to just enjoy yourself on a vacation or who knows what it is. Who knows what it's for. Maybe just tired of eating the same foods. He's got tired of eating chicken or whatever. (laughs) Whatever the case is, and I think um, the reinterpretation of a lot of these, a lot of diet, uh, a lot of diet tricks and things like that can really be really helpful for people. Yeah, I like that. Pretty much everything from the diet to the training, it kind of sets you up to never be surprised. You know, like, oh, shit, I didn't hit that 315 bench. It's like, well, dude, look at your training. You know, did you actually set yourself up for that? Mm-hmm. It's like if you're honest with yourself, then you'll see. And then, yeah, you you went off your your diet for you know two months. So of course, your belt size is going to go up a little bit. You know, so I, I I really dig that as somebody who's has been like an anxious person in the past to be able to look at stuff like that and be like, there's no more surprises because I can already kind of see it happening or right. I can see it coming. Yeah. I should say. And if you were to think about like what you would say to somebody, uh who comes to you and they're like, Andrew, I hear you on this podcast all the time. You guys are always talking about fitness and stuff. Um, I'm really frustrated with myself because I gained 20 pounds. You would say, okay, um, what are you currently doing about it? And then they would talk about their job and they would talk about how this happened and that happened. And they just moved and mm-hmm. you'd say, okay, that's uh, totally understandable. Uh, what are you doing <laughs> about the 20 pounds that you gained? You know? Right. And, so I, I think, you know, people, we like to kind of clutter stuff up with a, a lot of these other things because we know how easy it's be, it is to be distracted. So if you ask me a question like that, like, what are you doing about this? I can easily point out all the distractions that I have and you can kind of empathize with it. You can say, you can say, oh, oh yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been in those, I've been in those, I've been 
been in your same shoes, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've done the same thing before. Uh, but a key factor to getting yourself out of that is just to think about, it's just a problem solve. What, what are a couple things that you can do? Maybe your situation is kind of screwed. Maybe things are going to be a little bit more difficult for you for a moment. Um, but what can you currently do to change that situation? What are things that you can do to kind of get yourself out of it? And I think the one thing would be to work on reframing what's going on because you moving and you maybe having a new job or taking on more hours, it really doesn't have anything to do with the control over the food that you put into your mouth, but it does because it has an impact on the stresses that you have each day. And then, so from there, you'd have to kind of unwind. Okay. You'd say, all right, dude, like, where are you fucking up? Well, I, I tend to eat a ton when I get home from work, mm. you know, and then you might be able to say, okay, well, do you have a microwave at work? How about when you leave work at four thirty, five o'clock, you have a meal right then so that when you go home and you eat, you probably don't have an opportunity to eat till it's six thirty, seven o'clock. And you're probably starving. If you had some chicken breast at six o'clock or at four o'clock before you left the building, mm-hmm. you'd probably be good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, so I know for me personally, like, like why can't you do x y and z i'll pile on a couple things to kind of like hide the the real like obvious answer you Mm -hmm. know which is like oh it's just because i'm not willing to not or i'm not willing to like put food in the microwave as i leave because you know whatever i have my own reasons or whatever but it is funny because like you know i'll say like oh it's you know the the baby it's work it's this it's that you know instead Mm -hmm. of just being like i don't know i'm just being a piece of shit right now (laughs) you know um so yourself Mm -hmm. and carlos right carlos had a baby a few Uh, months ago um mm -hmm. and you just had your baby and Mm -hmm. you know every there's not one time after carlos had his baby even on week one week two week three four and weeks after that that i've seen him come in here and be hey carlos man how you doing man how's the baby oh she's great she's beautiful she's awesome right and he he never once mentioned like what I now know, like babies be keeping people up every two hours. Right. And he was coming into work. You're coming into work and he was coming into work every day. Just smile on the face, getting shit done. Mm -hmm. Not even there wouldn't be, if if I didn't know him, I wouldn't know that he just had a newborn baby. But there are some people that that happens to I'm, I, I, I don't know, but I know <laughs> from talking to some people that having a baby is difficult, but you will not get a you, you, they will tell you about all the problems all the time, all the difficulties all the time. You won't be able to hear enough of it. Again, I have sympathy for that. I, I like it's difficult. I get it. But you guys, both you and Carlos, have reframed all aspects of that, it seems. And it doesn't even look like anything in your life has changed. It, it, it has for sure. Yep. Uh, and Carlos is just like a perfect example of somebody that just will see the positive in damn near everything. Like I, I it would be <laughs> shocking if he just was, didn't have a smile on his face. Right. Yeah. Like he's such a good positive person to be around. But in regards to like reframing the, the mindset and stuff, like, I mean, a couple months ago, if my dogs woke me up more than twice in a night, I would come in and, just like dragging, like, I can't believe like I'm going to get rid of these dogs, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then now it's, you know, every two hours and like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm sleep. I could go to sleep right now, but like, I'm not completely hitting a wall the way I was before when, you know, before my son was here. Mm -hmm. And then now like, 
I won't go too far off on a tangent, even though I will, but everyone talks about like, oh, you got to have purpose and, you know, move with purpose and find your purpose and then the rest will follow and stuff, which I agree. And now with my son, uh, yes, he is a, a big part of that purpose, but now like literally everything has a purpose now, like taking, taking out the trash, like, okay, if Stephanie has to throw something away and that trash can's full and now she has the baby in one hand and, you know, a diaper in another or something like that, like that's going to cause a chain reaction of things. Whereas now it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take that trash out because that could happen. And like that little thing now has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to do this podcast today, you know, already had a big purpose, but now it's like has another purpose because it's like, oh shit, what if our podcast reaches, you know, X amount more people and we grow and, you know, we get way more downloads or whatever it may be. But like literally like every little tiny thing now has a certain purpose. And it's such a cool feeling to get like this, like little boost in like motivation for everything. It's, it's really awesome. It is awesome. It's yeah. really cool. It uh makes certain things kind of weird i know that uh after i had jake like i went to get on a plane to go somewhere and i all of a sudden got super nervous <laughs> oh, and i was yeah. like the fuck is that about i mm-hmm. got like claustrophobic i was like i just was like i scared to fly which never happened to me before but i'm like how the fuck am i scared to fly and then i don't know i was okay you know it wasn't too bad but then uh i don't know a few weeks later i talked to some friends that had some kids and they're like oh that's because you're dad and I was like, that's mm-hmm. what the fuck that was. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man. I was tripping because I, I don't mind flying. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. But yeah, I mean, still, I still get a little nervous here and there. I, you think about it a little bit. You're like, oh man, like what if this is it? You know, when yeah. something happens, yeah. you know? No, I had that thought driving into work today. Like, cause uh, I, I, I wanted to be here for, for, um, we had a meeting earlier, but I was running a little bit behind. Um, just, I timed it wrong. So like I, I checked into the meeting like virtually and I was like driving. It's like no big deal, whatever. And That's like, reframing right there. I timed it wrong. You know, like yeah, you just you reframe because yeah. yeah, you probably normally would say an excuse, but mm-hmm. you just say you just took you just took it on yourself because I t- timed mm-hmm. it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Really notice that. But, doing it. but yeah, uh, like changing lanes and like listening into the meeting, and I'm just like, ooh, like damn, this is weird. <laughs> like I all of a sudden care. Like <laughs> whereas before it was just like I should be okay. Like, yeah, I'll figure it out, right? Like I might be down for the count for a couple of weeks, but I'm okay. Yeah. Now it's like, oh shit, what if this and that and yeah, like Stephanie had to go to the doctors and I'm like, You ain't going by yourself. It's like, what do you mean? Like, dude, there's like baby snatchers everywhere. <laughs> like that shit terrifies me now. Oh shit. Yeah. Never thought about and that. And then okay, so Insima had texted me short like I think like the very next day or something in my response, you know, cause he asked like, Oh, so how's everything going with your son? Like, how's everything, you know, with Stephanie? And my response was just like, I understand why people kill people now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, cause one of these nurses, like she had to give him a, a K2 shot and, or a K1, one of the K's I don't remember. Yeah. And he started crying. And I'm like, what the fuck you doing? Like, I was so upset, but. Yeah, it was just vitamins. It, it wasn't a uh, like a vaccination type thing. Yeah. Not that I'm anti-vax. It's just that sort of thing was weird. I was just writing down some stuff this morning that um, I guess uh, sort of goes with the flow of this show. Um, so I'll just read this. Uh, this is kind of based. So I stole some of this from and I didn't write down the guy's name. So I'm stealing some information from somebody at 
maybe I'll try to find the information before we hop off of here, but I put some of my own thought into it as well. But uh, does anyone need to teach you how to think? How much thinking are you allowed to do? And the answer is no, not necessarily. People don't have to teach you how to think. You can think for yourself. But thinking about my thoughts is something someone could have taught me at five instead of me learning it at 35. <laughs> I, I think I'm allowed to think infinitely, but I also think I don't understand how long that'll be. <laughs> uh, learning how to think really means exercising some control over how and what I think. Choose what you pay attention to and choose what you think about. So kind of confusing, but <laughs> what was the sentence before the last sentence? Um, that one really caught me. What was that? Let's see. Uh, learning, learning how to think really means exercising some control over how and what I think. Oh man. That, I like that a lot because uh, like that one, you, like we, we were talking about this. You have so many random, just dumb thoughts during the day, right? Just, just like things that just come to you and you're like, why the fuck am I thinking that? Why am I thinking that? Why am I thinking that? Why am I thinking that? And like, yeah, when you, when you are trying to improve how you do certain things and learning how to think, you get better at kind of just like siphoning out negative thoughts. Right. Cause there are some people who have negative thoughts throughout their whole day, like all day long. And for some individuals that is literally called depression. But some people, maybe that's where they used to be. And it took a lot of practice and it took a lot of learning how to think, but they don't have nearly as many negative thoughts during the day, or they don't even, they don't think negatively about things because they've just gotten so much better at like what you did there, Andrew, with the time thing, right? You reframe that. They got so much better at changing the way they think about things. This is from uh, David Foster. Who's David Foster? Is he uh, a-, a really like forward thinking guy. I, I don't know much about him. I just uh stumbled upon him today i yeah. probably somebody i should have known about for a long time apparently but um he has passed on a couple years ago i don't know what the issue was he was pretty young but he has a lot of great uh thoughts but the video i was watching is from a youtube channel called after school s-k-o-o-l oh yeah i like that um i, I subscribe to that channel um but they also say in that in that video that i was watching it says your mind is an excellent servant but a terrible master Shit. and you know, being like your, if your mind is an excellent servant, then you need to kind of think about that a little bit. Like why not, why not? Um, you can, you can work on strengthening the master side of it, right? You can work on, on that, but that's going to be like a lifelong project. Uh-huh. Why not stick to what your mind, what your mind is already pretty good at. And that's being a servant. So being a servant would mean that you can take orders really well. You can, you you would probably most, you most likely, like, I don't like a schedule, but most likely, just like myself, you will perform better with a schedule <laughs> yeah. than you will without a schedule. Yeah. You need, you need to have a schedule. I mean, I think it was about two years ago that I finally started having stuff like in a calendar, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's been, been helpful for all of us. And it's been yeah. helpful for the whole team and, and yeah. all that. But before that, um, I was always like, I might do this. I might do that tomorrow. And I was always like really carefree with a lot of that stuff. Um, But what are the things that you could uh, like service? What are the things that you could do every day? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be getting in some exercise, your nutrition, walking, whatever, whatever the hell it is. Dude, do you have, (laughs) 
let me ask you this. Do you feel a natural resistance when someone says you need to get something done by this time? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I have a natural like kickback. <laughs> like <laughs> I hate I hate this about myself. But when someone's like, you have to get this done by Thursday at 1.30, immediately my mind's like, fuck you. <laughs> like mm-hmm. immediately. And then I'm like, wait, why did I do that? Oh yeah, cool, dude. I'll get that done for you. Yeah. But for some reason, I just have this natural resistance. Even if you know you need to, and even if you're like literally on your way to do whatever it is that task is, yeah. if somebody says to do it. <laughs> It's like, like yeah. the fuck you mean yeah. I need to do <laughs> I don't know why that is. I'm I'm very similar. But yeah. When I <sighs> when uh just I just anybody asking me to do anything, I kinda get a little pissy. <laughs> you know, like I've been I've been working with a couple like new doctors and they're like, okay, just go here and fill this thing out on the website. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, and then oh. it's like this survey or questionnaire that I got to fill out that goes on forever or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? Mm-hmm. It just feels like a lot of, feels like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Being micromanaged is but, terrible. But we do respond really well to a schedule, to some mm-hmm. sort of organization. And I, I would say that. If you're going to, you know, master some of your thoughts, which I don't know if you'll ever have an opportunity to do that. Uh, but if you're going to at least master some of them, um, I think the first step would be to be organized and to have some sort of, you don't need to be meticulous about it. I don't think you need to be crazy about it. Yeah. But it helps. It can be helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lift it this time. I'm going to work from these hours to these hours. I'm going to eat approximately around this time to this time. I mean, just knowing what times a day you're going to eat could really help clean up your diet tremendously. And it's something that no one ever really talks about. Mm-hmm. What if you're like, okay, I'm going to eat at uh, 12, 4, and 8 every day. 12, mm-hmm. 4, and 8. Whatever, whatever the numbers are for you. I'm going to eat at 12, 4, and 8. Okay, that's three meals. And then when you start to think about that, three meals, I'm going to eat 12, 4, and 8. Um, let's just say that you want to follow a, um, a diet where you track your calories. Well, you're going to eat three times a day. Uh, let's say that you need 1800 calories in order for you to lose a little bit of weight. Then you can just say, okay, well, over those three meals, I'm going to eat the 1800 calories. And now your diet doesn't seem so confusing and hard. Mm -hmm. What's the diet? I'm eating this amount of food every day. Uh, if you are hungry, you can utilize some stuff that we talk about on the show often, which is just eating a little bit more protein. So it might be possible for you to eat a little bit more if you wanted to get a little bit more from meat or whatever it is or from pro- protein sources. Yeah. But that's simple, right? That's yeah. sim- That's a simple thing, a simple thing to follow, a simple thing uh, to adhere to. You know, the way that you're going to be able to eat an elephant, they say, is uh, one bite at a time. The way that you're going to be able to eat an entire uh, pizza pie, right, is mm-hmm. going to be... Not one slice at a time, but one bite at a time. You gotta, it's going to take it's going to take a while to be able to eat all that. Yeah. Um, what I was thinking for a second there. Where was it? Where was it? E- eating a whole pizza in one bite, or uh, no? Because no? when he when he said the pizza, like my mind, I started mm. thinking about the pizza and lost what I was about to say. Because damn it, Mark, why do you have to bring Here, the pizza? Here's an example mm. of having poor control over your thoughts. There we go. Pink dildo. Boom, it's in your head. <laughs> There's more than a pink dildo in my head. Oh, um, yeah. But I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, no, um, no, what you were talking about in terms of like the scheduling thing, because like you, we always were like, you know, 
that thing that I want still, okay, I'll just do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes the whole day goes by like, uh, okay, I have a lot of time to do it tomorrow. And then that just goes on and on and on. But if you just like look at the most important things you really want to try and do, and you just set a time the next day to try and do it just, just for the most important things, right? More, you're more than likely going to start being on the track to get it done. And then that just goes into the whole momentum bit that we were talking about. Once you set that up and you do that thing the next day, just like you, you say that you set your clothes out for the next day, Mm -hmm. right? That's already you preparing to have some momentum for your next day the night before. Like that can help really set you up and move you in the right direction for all of those things that you're trying to do. Yeah. Even when you're talking about tracking, you know, and you have your meals planned out. When I was tracking very, uh, when I was very strict on it, I would not only write out what I was going to eat or the times I was going to eat, but what I was going to eat and what each, you know, the macro breakdown of each, every single one. And it just made life so much easier. Got rid of any like doubt or any issues I would have with Mm -hmm. like, Oh, am I going to make it tomorrow? Like every day was like, Oh my gosh, like these calories are getting cut more and more. And it's like, Oh, okay. Am I going to do it? And yeah, just write it down or, you know, everybody has a phone. So, track it that way mm-hmm. i think the word might is a good word to try to get rid of yeah i might yeah i might call that guy this week why not just say I'll, i'm never going to call that guy this week or why <laughs> even fucking bring it up at all like you yeah. know it's not going to happen i might go in early tomorrow to train just yeah and maybe <laughs> you said just, that too many times already yeah just just uh chop it out mm-hmm. you know and then it it turns into i am going in tomorrow to train and even when you say it, even when you say it to somebody else, like I would, you know, it's, I still mess up all the time. I'm trying to reframe a lot of words. I, I just said the word try. I'm working on getting that one out, but it's a difficult <laughs> one to get rid of. Yeah. And I try to recorrect myself because I think it, I think our language is important. And I think that the things that you say are kind of felt by your body a little bit, mm-hmm. but with a word like might, I notice that when I say might, then it, I don't. I don't follow through mm-hmm. with it. So it, it's like, I'm like, that's not it. That's not great. It's so powerful that I'm actually the night before I, I don't even want to say I'm going to the gym the, tomorrow morning because then I have to do it. Cause like, mm-hmm. it's like it, if I say it, it's going to happen. So what will I say? I'm like, I'm going to try to get up early and go. <laughs> and it's like knowing damn well that I just gave myself an excuse to not go tomorrow. Like that's how, like that's how. Yeah. And I think that's a moment that mm -hmm. you can reframe and you can feel proud of yourself. You can think about how, how you would feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like I know that if I go, I'll be proud of myself. Yeah. And I know that when I see, uh, when I see Mark and Nsema, I can talk shit to them because I already lifted while they were sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. You can kind of envision that side of it. And so you can, that's like some motivation. You know, you can say, Hey, look, that's going to be, that's going to be great. I'm going to already had worked out. I can leave early. I can get back home and see the baby, mm-hmm. tackle the baby, beat up the baby. Well, you can't really do that yet. Yeah. Almost. It's a little older. You can you toss it. <laughs> Man, I'm so like, I, I don't know how bendy he can be and stuff. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm still very like timid when it comes to anything with that little guy. Gained yeah. weight though. So nice. 7.1. Damn. Yeah. So the goal today was to get up to 6.8. You get on the scale and do the double bicep uh-huh. pose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While the opponent was just sitting there trying to take pictures and stuff. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> yeah. So we're you excited. Should, you should make a, uh, you know, you have the try hat. You should make a might hat, but make sure that like there's <laughs> verb next to it. So people know it's the might verb and just cross it out. Because <laughs> might, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, might, yeah, yeah, might, yeah, yeah, but yeah, might, might verb is like, no. Right. English words 
Hey, I have a word for you guys today. Here we go. Negligible. Wow. Okay. You guys want to go for it? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I got that one. Negligible. Ah, see, negligible. Negligible. <laughs> negligible. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, negligible. <laughs> okay, it wasn't as hard as I thought it'd be for you guys. No, that's hard. There though. you go. Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts is easy. Oh, is Massachusetts? You, is Massachusetts? Massachusetts. That shit's hard as fuck. Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. That one's easy. Hey, I'm gonna try to come up with a dude weird entire word. show where we have like all those weird it's a list. Yeah, and then I'll hit you guys with like the spelling. Specifically is a one is one that took me a while. Specifically, Specifically. yeah, hard. <laughs> Specifically, some, some of them are so dumb and they're spelled so oddly. <laughs> anemone, anemone, yeah, that's anemone. good. From uh, Anem- anemone, am I saying that right? Yeah, you're, you're saying it like Nemo. Yeah. yeah, anemone. I sometimes can't. I sometimes I I think that I don't properly hear what I'm supposed to, like how it's supposed to sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't mimic it when I hear it from somebody else. What Anemone? No, some just certain words. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah, I hate Worcestershire. Is it Worcestershire? Worcestershire. I call it Worcestershire. Yeah, Worcestershire. 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 I Worcestershire. hate that word. That's like, a weird one. Why would we even? Why would we just? How about what? steak sauce? Yes. Call it fucking steak sauce. It's called steak sauce. But the first time I saw it, I'm like, the the fuck is this? Yeah, it's impossible. Worcestershire. 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 Yeah, that's not a good one. Colonel. The colonel. Colonel, yeah. Colonel, colonel. Why is it spelled colonel? Oh, I don't know. That one's dumb. But it's it's a colonel. Well, I so complicated. Re- red, read, lead, lead. <sighs> We're weird. <laughs> English is weird, man. And then even like door, moon, door, door, like doorknob, door. Yeah, what's wrong with door? D O O R, and then moon, M O O N. Also two O's in the middle. One yeah. makes a totally different sound. Ooh, door, door, door moon. Does it really though? Yeah, moon ooh, and door. Ooh, oh, ooh, ooh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just came to that. I think. <laughs> oh my I gosh! Hope. I mean, I don't know. I, I like that everyone's noticing how. High heart education level, like <laughs> like proper education level, is oh, man. yeah, it's good horrible. Stuff. It's I not. Like it. It's not good. It's not. <laughs> no, it's great. Good news is nobody's listening. <laughs> oh man, I the race <laughs> to zero followers you spent on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think it got on the mic. Oh man, We're okay, gross. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna hit you guys with some new words tomorrow difficult ones at the end of the podcast yeah I'll, I'll send uh settlegate a bunch of different things like I'll, I'll just find weird things like the, like the lead and lead mm-hmm. that sort of thing uh red read like through though thought mm. like th- they're all like you know what i mean yeah yeah i do and then there's like uh there's a couple words that let me look at the all have a bunch of the same letters but then they don't rhyme i think it's like uh comb tomb yep bomb <laughs> yeah. like there's a bunch like and you're like what how, how do they not sound the same like they have a bunch of the same letters but mm-hmm. they don't go together it's very odd i'm not gonna find it what about some words that you can spell in the same way as front words or backwards race car oh yeah, yeah race car is a good one race car is one of those 
Oh, yeah, race car spells. Those race are car called backwards. palindromes. <laughs> palindromes. That's yeah, not easy whatever. to say. Ever. It's not. But that's what it's called. It's a palindrome. Have you guys seen the movie palindrome? Tenet? Sounds like a finishing wrestling up. move. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Do the palindrome. palindrome. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Coming off the top rope, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But have you seen Tenet? I feel like that's a movie you would yeah. see by now. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That, was that movie's great. You haven't seen it? It's a movie I have to see a second time because, like, after I finish, oh. I'm like, oh, there's a lot. I don't here. know how many times I need to watch it to figure it out. Yeah, I, probably a lot. Yeah, I think it was it was close to the level of Inception. Mm. I watched Inception like four or five times. I like Inception a lot. Really cool. Okay, before we finish, mm. what do you guys think happened at the end of Inception? Do you think that he was that stuck? motherfucker still dreaming? Still dreaming? Yep. That's that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking he was still dreaming too, which just is so fucking sad. Yeah, I remember like uh, there was like an article somewhere that said that there was actually another indicator that showed when he was dreaming and when he wasn't. Mm. It was like he like had a ring on or something like something small that you couldn't catch unless you really were looking for it. Christopher Nolan would do that. Yeah. It's a good Mm. movie, though. It was great. Good shit today, guys. That was fun. I love these conversations. Take us on out of here, Andrew. I will. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Uh, Shout out to Element for sponsoring today's episode. Again, just to clarify, um, you guys responded so damn well to the uh, the free Element Recharge Pack. They're just like, hey, let's keep this party rolling. Mm -hmm. So... If you haven't taken advantage of that free recharge pack, please check the link down below. Um, it's also at uh, drinklmnt.com slash power project. Uh, if you did take advantage of it and you want to step up, we highly recommend getting the value bundle because you get three boxes and then they'll send you one for free. Basically, again, drinklmnt.com slash power project. Go there for the value bundle or the free recharge pack. You just pay for shipping. Uh, please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bowles Power Project on Instagram. At MB Power Project on Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z. And Seema, where you at? I got to say, though, real quick, the Levin Habanero inside the monster was actually pretty good. Yeah, it worked pretty good. Yeah, mine did, too. I I put it in this uh, raspberry Zevia tea. Yeah. Mm. You put it in. Well, don't put it in a full monster because it could fizz over. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Try it out, guys. I didn't see any on Instagram and YouTube. I didn't see Yin Yang on Twitter. Mark. At Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.